For Thursday night, November the 9th, 2006, you're listening to Episode 7 of the Anime Roundtable. Good evening from Toronto, I'm Mike Nicholas. Tonight on the show, we'll talk about the demise of G4 and the bigger picture in terms of anime on TV in North America. Also, we'll talk about Rumiko Takahashi works in the news and licenses, ones that won't be coming soon and ones where the bidding has begun. That's coming up next on thecomicden.com. The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers, technical hosts, or any other official associations of this program. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Well, before we get started, um, as is tradition in our studio classroom, we will take attendance. So, once again, when I call your name, please repeat as such. Nicholas, here. Austin? Here in body, not in spirit. Jordan? I'm here. St. John? Here. Sinclair? 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 Well, guess what? For the third week in a row, or third episode in a row, Neil Sinclair is once again out. Uh, this time around, it's a new illness, I'm, I've been told. Oh, he's got a migraine. His head's going to explode. He told me so. Yeah, well, maybe. And if he manages to survive, hopefully he'll be here next week. Uh, we're, we're taping again next week, you know. You'll I get know him one you. day. Yeah, just so, so, so we just go like that again. <laughs> and then we'll make it. And then we'll make up a new excuse for Neil um, next week. Just That's for why reference, we wait a week in between, so you've got just time for to reference, make the excuse. And just for reference, just so there's no rumors out there, he is alive. <laughs> I played Lego Star Wars at his house last week, so I've seen him. That was last week. We don't <laughs> know about the last few this days. Week. True. A- anyway, so uh, how <laughs> I have to say this. Okay, so last week after the show, I had to take my car in. Hopefully, and I was thinking it was just for a, an oil change and a change of tires. Only cost me like fifty bucks, and then and then here's what happens. And this is and this has me like I'm still kind of uh, feeling the effects of it uh, almost a week later because within an hour I found out my brakes had to be changed as well. On top of that, so that had a couple hundred dollars. Uh, my brakes I've had for six years, and they've lasted more than one hundred and fifteen thousand kilometers. So. I think I, I think I, I think I stretched them out pretty good. I, I have to say, under. Mike, that that's quite the. Uh, it's quite an accomplishment, <laughs> ma- and it's managed to survive a, a, a skid out on on a on a major highway. So, yeah, I guess I guess uh, I should be not surprised, and I guess it's better to find out now than the hard way when the snow comes down in a couple weeks or in a couple months, right? Mm. Well, anyway, so how's your how's your la- how's your last week's been, guys? Nothing. Yeah, pretty Less, hectic. Not pretty hectic, mm-hmm. anime-wise or personal-wise. Uh, more personal-wise. So. Work. A lot of work. It's a it's a busy season for recreation. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we haven't seen you in a yeah we haven't seen you in a number of months here uh, around the microphones. I've been busy. Mm-hmm. Well, well okay, just quickly, uh, let's quickly go around the table so we everyone knows officially who is here. Uh, along with myself, I'm Mike Nicholas. North American Industry Observer, James Austin to my left, to my right, Angela Jordan, fine arts major and artist alley regular at Anime North, and straight ahead of me, 
the return of Courtney St. John, who's our resident student teacher. I graduated. Well, <laughs> a teacher in waiting. Okay, that's better. Um, and he's here in lieu of, uh, in place of Neil Sinclair. Um, as, and it is true, he is ill, so we do wish him, wish him well. Uh, we wish him a speedy recovery from this particular ailment. Whereas in the past weeks, we just wished him a recovery because certainly you wasn't you speedy. Don't, you don't sound so concerned there, Mike. <laughs> you, you'll never come back if we keep on doing Neil this. Neil has had his little, um, like over the years, he's, he's always had uh, various ailments. We all do, and usually they're never serious, but they're always you know, freaking annoying to when you get them, right? And, and in Neil's case, he gets them often. Poor guy. Uh, anyway, jeez. Um, it's been a slow news week, right? What a slow news week. Jeez. There isn't much news, huh? Yeah, I'll, I'll, we, for the first time, like, we decided to do shows in consecutive weeks for the first time this season. And in between the, in, in between the week, in between the two shows, there's nothing that really happens. So, well, there's so much stuff that's happened before that you haven't dealt with. I know, with and yet, we didn't deal can... with, and it's all old news, so there's really, really no point now. Well, we can go home then, right? Not really. We, okay. Well, none of us get paid anyway, but you know, we should be, we should do this because you know we hauled out the equipment. So twice in the case of this mic. In the case of Mike Four, yeah, twice. <laughs> oh, actually, there is one question I want to ask before we moved on. Um, Angela. Yes. Yes. Uh, we we talked like a lot about um, artist alley stuff last week, mm -hmm. right? And uh, Courtney, you haven't had a chance to listen to what we talked about extensively, right? Not no, yet. not extensively. Okay. Well, you know, it's it's on the website. Uh, I'll give you the. I'll let you take a listen, or encourage you to take a listen okay. sometime. Uh, Angela, um, I got to. I um received a letter from somebody else in the artist alley last week, mm -hmm. uh, concerning, and she had just listened to episode three, of um, and in episode three we talked a little bit about the misuse of the term manga, right? Yeah, yeah. I you remember? That one. You remember that? And um, she had her say on it, and. She had, uh, she had her, she said her piece, and, I, and at times it's, it's, it's very, you know, like all our opinions are across the board on the use of the term manga, mm -hmm. um, especially uh, for things that aren't necessarily Japanese, like don't have necessarily Japanese, the only thing Japanese about them is maybe their influence. I've kind of recently changed my opinion about that, because I used to be very purist about it and say, only if it comes from Japan can you call it manga, mm -hmm. but... With so many fan-created works, what else are you going to call it? There'd need to be a completely new title well, because it's not comic books. And I find that just acting like a purist amongst people who, you know, we're, we're in North America. We shouldn't really be too worried about this, I don't think. But in terms of the word manga, if you draw something that resembles manga and you want to call it manga, you should be able to call it that if you want to. Fair point. I guess that's true, though. Yeah, Korea, right. it's mawa. And stuff like that. But so, but if you pick up a Korea, if you pick up a Korea mawa, would you if if someone called it manga, would you would you curse them and tell them they were wrong and and shoo them off from your 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 um, it vicinity? Depends on, it depends on the person. You know what I mean? It really depends on the person. Like we're still in the stage where no one knows what to make of this yet. Like there's a lot more bombs than there are successes in the OEL market at the moment. That's for sure. But I will <laughs> tell you, most of the sparkling lights have come from web comics. But you know, actually, um, an OEL I recently read took up this issue, DramaCon. I don't Dramacon, know if you... DramaCon, yes. Yeah, DramaCon mm -hmm. really is one of the few sparkles through the darkness. I mean, see, the thing is, it's, it's still a very, a very new 
sort of market. And so they're still figuring out what's going to sell to the North American market because it's a very, very niche market. First of all, you have to have probably people who already read manga. And then of that, a subset who doesn't believe that anything produced in North America is, is somehow derivative and wrong. And that's the only, you know, set that you've got for, for OEL market. It's a very niche market. So you can't expect a giant but boom in it. There's other things too. You have to develop the talent and bring that to the consumer. And then over time, connoisseurs will look at and say, hey, these guys can draw, these guys have story, and they'll start reading them. It takes time. It's not something that overnight they just Well, it hasn't been overnight. I think that that this is something that's been developing and brewing for quite a while. I think doujin is a very um, large part of the manga and anime market in Japan, and it's, it's limited here because you can't really produce parodies in the same way. Because you'd get sued, right? And so we have OELs, and so you're taking some of the best things that we love about anime, that we love about manga, and creating your own work. And that's the entire point of having an artist alley, of having the creation. You're you're creating fan work, right? And and, and original work in some cases. Angela, um, what mm-hmm. was your like? What's your take? Since well, especially uh, especially as somebody on the you know I uh, on the level on well, that level. With my own works, I call them comics, just because it's an English. I'm writing a comic in English for an English language mm-hmm. audience, and so that's just what I call it. But I suppose if I was in Japan and talking to Japanese people about my work, I would call it manga just because that's something that they would understand. I'll, I'll tell you a little story. Uh, the story from the person, from the other artist, Alia, person that I received the email from. She told me, and she and her boyfriend have been writing a, a, comic, uh, a comic for a couple of years now, and I'll, maybe I'll tell you a little bit about it some other time. But she told me that she calls hers she has to refer to her work as a manga because a lot of the independent comic uh, comic authors who are also in the artist alley especially at CN anime don't kind of don't like want her to use the term comic because it's clearly of japanese influence they kind of turn their noses maybe this comes back to our point last week about established established styles looking down on something a little bit new yeah, that's quite. A, that's really a shame. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of. If that story is true, I was kind of disturbed by it. Actually, well, you end up in a, a very strange no man's land because you're producing Japanese manga inspired work, but because you're from North America, the only comparable thing is comic. But really, it's just the Japanese word for comic is manga, mm-hmm. right? It's not like they're different, and 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 just like people get so tied up in the language, and I if get- OELs and and um, uh, manga produced here become really big, there'll be a new title for them. We'll mm-hmm. have a new name eventually. But for now, you get you know people stuck saying, oh, I have to call it a comic or all these purists, anime purists are going to hate me, or I have to call it a manga because all the comic purists are going to hate me. So, so what yeah, are you going to do? It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. And but you could call it a graphic novel, but that's, you know, it's just too, it sounds that like what my connotations too. Yeah, and, <laughs> it, and it's also what my, my mm. homeroom teachers when I was in high school would have called a comic book. They would have called it a graphic novel. So it has a different... Sort of slant. Yeah, mm. I mean, I, I, there was one thing I forgot to bring up, and I listened to the episode again like earlier today, and, and the only thing I never forgot, I for, completely forgot to bring up was who's the audience. Maybe that uh, also plays into it. Manga, like the Japanese manga as we know it, was made for a Japanese audience. They might have been, no matter where they had been made, no matter who made them, ultimately that was still the audience. They were the, that was the first audience, first and foremost. Things like Mega Tokyo or OELs, they're made for an English-speaking market, specifically North America, uh, more specifically North American audiences. And maybe, and maybe that's why I took issue with it. It wasn't, necess- it wasn't necessarily because of style or who made it, but who what it was directed at. Well, I think that it, it depends because when you're when you're producing 
a work, are you, 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 you're of course thinking of your audience, but at the same time, if, if that same thing, if that piece of manga that is relevant in Japan can also be relevant in North America, or that piece that's written in English can be relevant in Japan too, why are we going to limit ourselves in yeah, terms of Yeah, that's the other side. And in the, end, in the end, with technology and this whole globalization thing and the, you know, those, those, this whole concept of the world becoming smaller, maybe this whole discussion in the end or in the long term, 10 years from now, will look trivial. I think it will. Honestly. Mm-hmm. So really, like, just, not, it's part of the meld. I'm sort of ambivalent about the term world manga. I think that as a concept, it's exciting, just like breaking down the barriers. Like, why can't somebody from Africa produce a comic with Japanese influence? And there's nothing and Japanese appe- and ultimately Japanese appeal too. Yeah, and mm-hmm. if it goes comics that go all around the world, I think that's great. Like mm-hmm. on DeviantArt, I have a lot of friends who do different comics, and some mm-hmm. of them are from countries I've never even heard of. You know? And yeah. It's just a wonderful thing. So, just for reference on Mega Tokyo, I heard it is being translated into Japanese. You see, I don't even know. But do we call it a manga? Yes, you call it a manga because if a Japanese person saw a comic book in the store, they would say manga. It's just the Japanese word for comic. So it's it's just it's just a silly distinction that we're making. And I think that you could you could write on the cover of your book, "This is a manga comic book." (laughs) (laughs) That would be kind of. uh, It's a comic, comic, comic book, right? uh, (laughs) It's a comic. Comic book. <laughs> we better move yeah. on. Okay, like Our I comic. said, like I said, this has been a slow news week. Depends on how you look at. Yeah. It. We can I, I see. I see the glass half full. Personally, right, we, we can, can start with rumors right here. But let me quickly oh. let's start this week with news that's pretty much a month old. Um, so rather quietly, in the middle of October, word came down that G Four was pretty much closing up shop. Uh, Comcast announced that G 4s resources would be rolled up into the E Network saying that a channel dedicated to gaming and related topics is too narrow. It, bu- it must be noted that G4 itself isn't going off the air. Uh, certainly this is the spin that Comcast and G4 is placing on the move. However, with the belief that layoffs are coming and past history, many believe that G4 in the near future will become very much a shell of its former self. In terms of anime, G4's past does state a good overall, if not recent, history of showing anime, mainly from the Genion Library. And while they haven't shown anime in some time, it must be noted that the rolling back of G4 holds some significance in the current TV landscape in terms of anime in North America. Uh, so what do you think can be expected in the future? Anyone wow. I think throw? it was a really strange thing to say that it was too much of a niche market because we have like channels for everything now. They, they, they have, you know, a channel for women, a channel for men. They've got a channel for just hockey. And I, I think that the audience is large enough in terms of, of anime and gaming culture. And remember, I kept mentioning a couple weeks ago, there's a fight network. Yes. Well, that's the thing. Like, I can't understand how we can have all these really niche things, as we said, the fighting network, the poker network, and stuff like that. But they say they can't have G4 and then Tech TV, G4 merch, and then they stay. It's still too narrow. They have to make it just for the young men and stuff like that. And then they're still saying they're not getting what they want. It's really weird. Is this an issue of all the people who like video games are actually playing video games and not watching the network, so they're not getting... That's kind of funny, too. (laughs) (laughs) But it's 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 a weird time to take it off because... The whole video game industry is about to take another page as, you know, the the next generation console wars is really about to I, ramp up. Actually, I got to say one thing before we go. We are talking about the U.S. G4 oh yeah, Tech be TV because the Canadian G4 Tech TV, I don't think it's going anywhere. And it looks like 
they have stayed to the roots, to say the least, of what the network was about and that they've tried to expand and meet consumer demand with bringing anime into their library. And that I've been watching, actually I've been watching ROD recently, and unlike the US tapes, which were edited, I was told for time and for certain words and nudity and whatnot, these ones have been totally uncut. There have been nothing to speak of that would say that they are trying to take anything out. Well, which is a nice touch. There's, and it there's looks a like whole more lot to, to say about what the United States does to anime they put on TV. They've, they've, they've done some very terrible things to some anime that I love very much. And, and, you know, I'll have to forgive them because what else can you really do? The weird <laughs> thing, though, in this case is that we got to remember, too, it's a digital network. And you have to wonder that at the end, end of the day, the parents are ordering these networks if they have the kids, Correct. And so they should have an idea of what are on these networks. Parents so it's not like no it's not it's not like about anything. It's not like basic cable where it's like you get all these channels. You're actually choosing these channels one by one. So it's like a personal thing. It's not like But an you know who does thing, that at you know my house I mean? because my parents don't know how to work the cable? My sister does it. Now she's she's mm-hmm. old enough to be, you know, a consenting adult now, but when she was fourteen she was doing the same thing because she's the one that knows how to work it. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think that they need to be editing. I think it's a foolish thing to do, the censorship, especially on something that has to be pre-ordered. But like, you, you can't say that there's no 14-year-old that doesn't have complete control over the digital cable at his house because he's the only one that can work the buttons to figure it out. I, I, I still envision a, a scenario where the little kid locks out the parents. <laughs> I bet it's happened. <laughs> that be, I'm sure yeah, they're like watching The Sopranos like as we speak and are just like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, add something? I was just wondering, like, I'm, I don't have cable, so I don't really know, but okay. um, video game industry is, uh, I presume, way larger than the anime industry, mm-hmm. and there's talk of bringing an anime channel to Canada, right? Yeah, and, there, and, and no. there's already, like, and there's, like, a linear, um, and ADV already has, a, there's two anime networks, actually, in the States, funny enough, Funimation oh. and ADV, both yeah. front mm-hmm. one as well, and they're, like, more traditional channels, not on-demand channels, mm-hmm. so it's kind of, it probably makes things even look even weirder. In that sense, maybe that's why um, G four is not even in the game anymore. Because mm. really, it's by their by their uh, standards saturated. It's it's quite possible that it's a completely saturated market. Um, in terms of video game culture on TV, what is being produced really that that's that's worth watching when you can just go play the game or read articles about it? Most of the community, I think, is online. Like I think that 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 you know they can only extend so far and in so many directions. So you think so you think um, the whole thing with G four maybe wasn't surprising in the long run. Could, keep, I I don't know. Like I don't know. In the long run, I would be surprised if there's not some very sturdy video gaming networks that get established eventually. This might not just be the time. I think it's a little different than that. I think content wise, G four their content just went down and down and down, and they were going towards the lower common denominator of the alpha male 18 to 30 you know i mean they didn't give people credit they didn't think people are smart and have brains it's not like video gamers are stupid if it's stupid then we're not going to watch it you know i mean Mm -hmm. like don't prance around in a costume and mock people on video games and stuff like that and act like a fool although there's a time and place for that there is a time and a place but you know i mean like you you (laughs) should still you should still at least when you're talking about a review, I'd least like to see one review sometimes where they give some professionalism to it, 
like people do in magazines and online sometimes That's and what talk I mean, about it. There's, you know there, there's, I mean? there's more of a, a culture already established that, that mm-hmm. has, you know, its own, its own systems for this. Now, I think this, this sort of thing goes and comes in phases as well because I know that in the mid-90s, like on YTV, they were just full of video game um, references. They had an entire um, hour-long show devoted to them, I remember, that yeah, I used yeah. to watch. And and I think Anti Gravity Room, I think something like that. Mm-hmm. They, they, they had they had several Wasn't shows. Anti Gravity Room also a comic show. Yes, it was yeah, comics it was and comics video games. And Whatever happened to Phil? I, and then Phil grew. I like saw him was downtown down? one time. He's alive. I, was, I saw him. He was in front of Second Cup. Wow. He's alive. Like all <laughs> I know is that he was. Short. No, he was. He was. He was good. He, he, what other? I met him once. I met him once. Another gaming show too, and I can't remember what it's called. But the gaming shows, like there was a big flux of them, like right out of the '80s when we had the first boom into the middle of the '90s, and then they kind of faded away towards towards 2000. And so I think we're getting you know a resurgence. It's a kind of a cycle. You know, do people want to watch it on TV or do they want to play the games and read it in a magazine or read it online? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's hard to. Really say? Mm-hmm. Well, let me okay. Let me quickly clarify a couple of things concerning like the whole like the whole um, who owns what and what's what, what's on what. Um, G four T G four TV in the states was owned by Comcast. Towards the end, as we know it, with G four, it kind of degenerated. This is the reference to lowest common denominator. It became more of a men's channel uh, and something to compete directly with Spike TV in the states. So it it kind of moved a, quite a bit away from away from the whole um, video game vernacular. Um, G four G four Tech TV up here in Canada is owned by Rogers. Yes. Is owned by Rogers Cable Systems, and it's very different. Um, Comcast has maybe a limited ownership, but certainly not a controlling ownership in G four up here. So and usually what's defined what's its parameters are usually very rigid and very hard to change. Uh, that's why the news concerning um, G4 finally being, being able to show anime up here in Canada was such big news because it, it's a change in its, uh, it's, a change in its um, statement, in its mission statement. And they're allowed to, and it's rare when, whenever something changes in mid-flight like that. Mm, I, I'm not sure you could say that because if you look at the site, a lot of people were pushing G4, and G4 was pushing the CRTC. Yeah, and but it's up to the CR- fans and other well, what like must that be noted. What must CRTC. be noted is CRTC has mm-hmm. to allow it to happen. It's mm-hmm. just that I G4 think- can't just say, okay, let's show anime. No, 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 that's what I'm sure saying. Like, they they actually it. agreed after pushing it. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, th- when push came to shove, they're like, okay, people want this. They looked at and said, it's ridiculous for us not to do it. And they're not really infringing on any of the other digital networks by showing anime, except for now the new anime network that now YTV and Chorus are trying to get off the ground. Mm-hmm. But this, so they, that'll they, be they, interesting they, to see where that goes. To it. And so there never, mm-hmm. in Canada, hasn't really been a stable anime network. We've had YTV that's shown a lot. We've had Space that's shown some sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes Teletoon did a bit of rarely the stuff. A while, like Early on they did, mm-hmm. and then they kind of stopped. And so we get little fits and starts of it. Fox used to show a whole bunch, and then they just... Flatlined yeah, on it. Yeah. Although I think um, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh have now found themselves back on Fox. But that was very strange Fox. the switch over because they used to have such a great you know card- because it's because kids four w- kids, kids four kids is doing the Fox box yeah or and, whatever and they call kids it now, WB so no longer exists that was their that was the mm-hmm. meal ticket before mm-hmm. and kids WB no longer exists in the states it's all with CW and you know they have to make their choices too oh let me just quickly oh and and l- let me just quickly state Canadian versions of a lot of the well-known American networks. Um, there are they exist and they exist in name too, but they 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 still tend to be very different. 
maybe mainly because of ownership. It must be stated that like ESPN does have a does have TSN up here, and ESPN does have a stake in it. But ultimately, CTV has all CTV CTV controls most of its programming. So they're two very different networks. Funny enough, OLN still exists up in Canada, although it's now versus now in the states. And funny enough, CTV owns OLN here as well. Oh, um, versus is going to be a, more of a sports network, but OLN remains, you know, the outdoorsy life. That well, life you never know what's going to catch in a market, and so mm-hmm. when they test something and it works here and it falls flat in the states, it's going to stay here. We we end up with lots of brand marketing, not even in not just in television. But yeah, it's it's a big mm-hmm. give and take. Let me. Um, I do want to bring this one up because one of my a friend of mine or a former colleague at Anime News Network, Jonathan Mays, pointed this out to me like months ago. Um, he told me a little bit about uh, AZN, and this is and, and this is in light of like about considering it's all Comcast that owns the network, right? That owns uh, G4. They were about to start another network uh, called AZN. They they bought they had taken the taken over the, the international channel, which had shown Slayers by the way in the mid '90s or in the late '90s, I believe. Um, they uh, they they took over international channel, wanted to repackage it as AZN, the Asian American Network. <laughs> right, mm. they they want to start up a, the Asian American network with programming, you know, directed at you know second and third generation Asians in in the U.S. It never came off the ground. This is this was made known about a year. Ago. Um, there was an interesting article in the. Well, I can SF understand date. why it didn't come off the ground. You know what, and you know what the thinking was. It, by by the title, I don't I don't I think that the AZN in terms of the of the title, it's a bit too limiting. And how are you going to decide what third generation who, you know, they've been in, in North America for three generations and they're all wanting the same thing? And by the way, and it must be no, uh, yeah, and not yet. But, uh, I mean, the thing, like, what we have to mention is, like, officially it was lack of feasibility, like, there was, the feasibility had been done and it looks like there wasn't be feasible enough to really make it work. And that's why um, AZN at this point is just imported shows from overseas. Uh, as far as I know about the network, ACN is there, but it's mainly imported shows from overseas. That doesn't mean um, networks, such networks do exist. There are apparently two others. MTV apparently has an Asian-American network with such programming. Um, and there's a, comp- uh, there's a channel called Imagine Asian. I've never seen these channels, so I, don't, I couldn't really speak to that any further. But um, what must be noted is that, and, and maybe this is also why... Um, why the why G four is now currently like a shell of itself. Third, fourth generation is young. Third and fourth generation Asians in North America are young compared to Hispan the Hispanic community compared to the African American and African North American communities. These have been around for at, like even for way like I'd say at least twice as long and have established themselves for at at least that long. So really, it's like like you said, they haven't settled yet. It hasn't. There really hasn't been any settling for a culture. Well, well, even if even if they movies. have settled, I'm not sure that there is a singular culture. I, I think that it's a bit too diverse because you have people going in many different directions, and so I don't know if you could get oh, a yeah. network. Actually, you know, I see your point. Mm, right, and true. so and also it's it's a huge geographical area that we're representing. Asian, okay, anyone from Asia, this this network's for you if you're third generation and your family came from anywhere in Asia. That this could is be Middle East almost. That, no, you know this could be. This he's could right. Be, he's right. This, this, this could be India, China. We, this could be Vietnam. This could be Taiwan. This could be a very large swath of area with very different 
regional cultural beliefs, understandings, religions. It, it, it's not a, there's no catch-all. Like, I could understand if, you know, you have a singular country, like, you know, I think it would be great if they, they had NHK over here. That'd be fantastic. Actually, it sort of exists. It sort of, it's some <laughs> kind of exists, yeah. and not necessarily like Canadian, Japanese, or American Japanese programming, but um, TV Japan has existed in on um, cable systems here in at least the Toronto area for some years. And that and they, t- they take a lot, the bulk of their program from NHK. I should know, Neil, Neil uh, whenever I, w- I was at Neil's, he always had it on. He watches some weird stuff. There was this one where they strapped meat to these girls' heads and they had like a gila monster and it was like coming at them. It was, I think it was Morty Masume. Entertainment is. I think that was Morty Masume. They were like screaming because, like, you know, it, it was could a gila be fatal. monster. It was running at their head. I know. I, I, I think would, I've seen I it. I think I've too. seen that. Because like, they, don't they have poisonous tongues or something? <laughs> <laughs> they strapped meat to their head. <laughs> and then, you know, how long can they keep their head up? You know they can duck eventually, but how long can they keep their head? I, up? I, they can duck, but like the head, the hole that their head was through. I think he could fit through there. I didn't really understand why. Like, like, like. Okay, that's just, that's just enough of that. <laughs> but no, you do. Bring, but it is a good point. Um, it's still too swath. I mean, there isn't there isn't that one history that it would exist for Asians as it would for Hispanics, as it would for the Hispanic community, as it would for the Black community. Yeah, they'll do much better to bring in like import channels to digital. Like I know they do that with the Indian communities too. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and actually, actually, yeah, import channels have been thriving probably in much of North America. Mm-hmm. I mean, one does exist. I mean, there is the South A- South Asian, like one for Indian community, yeah. South Asian, etc. Um, one does ex- obviously. There's been a, a Cantonese language one up here in Canada for years, and that's been doing very well, right? And um, the Philippine, Filipino one has existed in limited forms. That's what I mean. Like if you did it by region or by country, you'd, you you'd, have, be you'd have a better you'd have a better chance because if, you'd have if, a better chance of having a successful network. But would you have a better chance of original, like domestic programming, i.e., Filipino Canadian or Filipino Filipino American programming or Fili- Japanese American programming? Not necessarily, but that's, you're not going to get it on AZN either. <laughs> or that was the intention, but that's not the case right now. I, I think that. It's it's just a strange title because what are they going to show on this? And is it something that only third generation Asians, whatever that means, would like to watch? And what is it that they like to watch? And would you know their next door neighbor who's white want to watch the same thing, or the next door neighbor that that's you know African Canadian or African American want to watch the same thing? What is what is so special about third generation? They've been here for for you know decades and decades. They were born and raised here. What is going to separate them from their peers in such a way that they want to identify with AZN? Which I think should be AZN, but it doesn't sound we're quite as flowy. We're talking about a would, we're talking, we're talking about, about a would-be American network. Not a I still Canadian like Z network. better. <laughs> In any event, well, we can try and correct them, but it's never going to happen. Coming back to the whole anime thing, then do you like? I guess obviously, obviously, um, course YTV has uh, and ADV and Funimation have all thought anime is feasible to have a dedicated network. Coming back to the whole anime thing. Oh, it's it's really feasible. If you just you if you just look at most of like for instance if you think of any convention here like for instance Anime North you have a huge market of kids in the maybe ten to about sixteen range that attend these conventions and then you they're have not those they're not downloading yet they're 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 watching usually a lot of them will watch American networks for anime or they'll watch it on TV that's why they're all dressed as Inuyasha mm-hmm. because that's what they're Naruto. that's what they have access to Naruto and yeah. Inuyasha if there was a devoted network. There'd be so much better cosplay. 
The one thing I want. You have your though. camera out, don't you? I think next, next time. I do. I, I, I saw the cutest kid last year. She was dressed as the mirror card from um, Card Captor Sakura, and mm-hmm. she was this tall. Aww. And she was so cute. It had to be her mother that did it because, you know, like she's not watching it because they haven't played it, and Nelvana destroyed it. But, um, okay, that's, that's enough about but, that. Uh, All right, last I, thought. I, 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 we should I, put some last thoughts on this. I don't know. I was just thinking there that made me now think about next time people should do an informal survey because we're in very dense city area and we know it's popular in the Canadian cities. I'm intrigued to find out in the rural areas how many people are watching anime because you got to remember that's a big part of Canada too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's the other factor we have to consider. My so I wonder about that. I speak that. You know to I mean? in more rural areas of, of Canada have a heck of a time finding anime. So they're That's, stuck with the networks or downloading, and they might not have the best, you know, internet service depending mm-hmm. on where and how rural they actually are. But we're so lucky here because, you know, we might complain that we'd have to go to a particular store to get what we want, but the store's out there. No, okay, I, I, I know what you mean. But online, last thought, last thought, last thought. Oh, sorry. Give it a last thought. Okay. That, no, it's just I was back to Courtney's point. Because of those problems of contact and getting to stores because they're out in the sticks, so to speak, you have to wonder if they are going to come to conventions, if they're going to get the stuff and things like that. You know what I mean? It's that kind of issue as well. You know what, though? Or go to the internet, as yeah. we said. But you know what? I don't think too much, too many bad things will happen. I think the whole thing will wait anyway. Like, it'll still be here when, when they finally get around to it. No, of course. A- anyway, we'll take the break. Uh, back with more, and we'll move on afterwards. Uh, if you're an Escalphone fan, listen up. You're listening to the Anime Roundtable on thecomicden.com. And the roundtable continues for Thursday night, November the 9th, 2006, along with Neil Sinclair. Check that. Along with James Austin, Angela Jordan, and Courtney St. John, this is Mike Nicholas from our studio in Toronto in front of a live audience of one or two people. One person? One. Yeah. In front of one Hi, person and online via thecomicden.com. And you, yes, you are still encouraged to download and distribute. Anyway, moving on. Uh, let's talk a little Rumiko Takahashi. Uh, safe to say amongst us, she needs no introduction. 
I mention her because her works have certainly been in the news over the last few weeks. Um, last week, I touched on the casting of Godai for the upcoming live-action adaptation for Maison Ikuku. Taiki Nakabayashi, a 21-year-old, will star opposite 28-year-old Misaki Ito, who will play Kyoko. Also of note, the Ranma manga will finally end its decade-plus run in North America with the release of Volume 36 next week. Uh, both Ranma and Meizani Kuku have been benchmark titles for the industry in North America, and their endings certainly mark an end of an era. So let's talk about the impact these titles have had, and a little bit about Rumiko Takahashi's importance to the anime and manga scene in North America. Anybody want to shower some praise? Well, I've got some praise, and I've got some not-so-praise. Um, I think everyone loves Ranma. I don't know... I don't know anyone who's an anime fan that absolutely hates it. You know, I guess, I guess it's just one of those things that was a gateway drug for most of us. And It was a hook title. I yeah. refer to but, those as hook uh, titles. Actually, they were playing it up this week, uh, Viz, in their press yeah. releases. Mm-hmm. Since it's ending, mm-hmm. the last volume finally in unflipped format coming out this month, supposedly. After 14 years, term. after 14 unflipped. years of... Of trying, they finally did it. Well, it's 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 a good series, but the thing I find mm-hmm. about uh, most things with um, Rumiko Takahashi is they're they're pretty much consistent all the way through. They don't begin, they don't end. You you join the continuum, and it keeps going. And so you could show someone the fourth or the forty seventh episode of Ranma, or the fourth or the forty seventh volume, and they could pick it up at the you beginning. You can say that for most most Rumiko Takahashi series, except yes. maybe Maison Ikuku. Yes, yeah. that's, 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 that's an exception. That's an exception. And I, I find, I don't know whether I love that or loathe that about about them. Because I love them. I, I've always, well, obviously, uh, I keep mentioning I'm watching the series. So obviously people know where I stand on that series. Yeah. Yeah, especially <laughs> Actually, out of interest, Mike, I've always <laughs> wondered on that one. Maison Akaku, do you think if it wasn't her that created that, that Viz would bring it over? Because certain other series like that, like say maybe um, Orange, Orange, Road, Road, yeah. Orange Road or something like that, hasn't come over in manga form to the United States. That's a sad part. So I'm, I'm wondering. I think, I think, I think it is that, that her name. You know because I, mean? I think it is because of her name. Do you, do you think that? She's, she's as name brand as anime gets. I, think, I agree. Because, because she's, a, she's, a, a, she's a big seller. And so anything by her, of course, will get released. And so Maison Coco has more of a chance than Kimigori Origin Road will have here in terms unless, of manga. Unless, uh, unless uh, Izumi Matsumoto had done a title, a well, a re- a love, a, as beloved a title beforehand. Because what helped with Maison Ikuku's introduction in North America was both Urusei Yatsura and Ranma, I think to a smaller extent. I think Ranma had been out before already by that point. Mm-hmm. Both yes, those titles had already been started publishing itself in, the, in, in North America, in the U.S. And both had already you know, garnered fans. And they said, okay, let's bring out, Viz probably just said, okay, let's bring out Maison Ikuku, hype up the fact that, yes, it's the same author. It's different, but it's from the same author. Well, what I think about that is... She she's very shrewd because she's created um, Ranma and Inuyasha, two of they're 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 like they're, they're, they, they, sell. Are, they, they are defining <laughs> like the, they are defi- they are one of those defining titles of a generation. Ranma from ten, from the from the period in the mid nineties where it really started to take off, and Inuyasha introdu- introducing um, Takahashi to another gen- yet another generation of fans maybe. And although I have very little patience for Inuyasha, I do understand 
the drive of uh, mm-hmm. you know to watch it that, that a lot of young fans have or, or older yeah, even, fans are. Yeah, even mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. It's I, so easy to see the appeal. There is there is an appeal in. into it. I recognize though that it does, that it's following you know the same sort of yeah, pattern. Just because formula, I've seen it sure. before, mm-hmm. that's what it is. I love how she draws characters. I love the way that they look. I think that though that these two series were vehicles for her to produce other things, maybe. So, Which so, two series? You're referring to both uh, Maison and Ranma? Or, well, I'm thinking that... Or, or, or Ranma and Inuyasha. Are sort of vehicles, because they're, they're ones that are going to sell well, and I think you can tell that just even in the creation phase. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, so if she does something like Ranma, and then she creates something like Maison, Maison Ikoku that's mm-hmm. different than that, because she's already selling so much, because Ranma is such a, a perennial favorite... You know she's going to get chances like that, and it's there's there's it's a, it's a shrewd way. To is do that it. is that your criticism? No, it's not a criticism. It's 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 that's that's the way to go, right? You got to get yourself in the door somehow, and if and then gonna, you can like you know do do a I hate to say it like do a work that appeals broad, and then you can introduce something else. Mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing the wrong with yeah. broad appeal because I think that there's something to be said for the broad appeal because that's what gets people interested. You know, that's what pulls people in, and they, they find, oh, I can relate to these characters even though they change when they hit water and, you know, other various strange things. But pe- well, people like a good fantasy. She, I think this kind of goes back to the eternal debate that, okay, is manga art or is it, like, a commodity? And I think it's more of a commodity in Rama's case. Like, it's definitely a product, whereas with something like Nausicaa, it's more art. And, like, anybody can look at Nausicaa and say, that's absolutely amazing, and the story's great. But they can't quite say they're the same for Ranma, I don't think. It's just, it's funny, Fun. and you want to, you know. Yeah, it's just, you go, you had your laugh, you had your fun. Which isn't to say that it's, it's of yeah. less um, value as, as, as art, if you're going to... Less artistic gonna, value. Entertainment is art like in it's, itself. It's, hard, it's, it's hard, an art form to entertain someone to and give someone judge happiness. things in, in terms of mm-hmm. that sort of value. Like, you can't, you know, put them on a scale and say which one is more artistic, but... You, you can you can say that Ranma is simply drawn. Um, it has a simple storyline. It can sometimes be repetitive, but boy, it can get you right. Mm-hmm. And you, you really want those characters to do well at the end, even though there's never really an end. Looking <laughs> looking on it, uh, looking back on it, Miku Takahashi to me is like somebody who was able to create like introduce the idea to the U.S. of a comic book character, and I'm saying comics <laughs> uh, of a comic book character that isn't really a superhero like she they introduced she was able to successfully introduce the idea of a nor- of a fairly normal protagonist a fairly I dispute normal. calling Ranma normal well I mean <laughs> certainly not a superhero certainly Com- not the superhero to the type. North American well, well not, not in spandex although he you know he does some some very superhuman feats what I think is is one of the more important things is as a, as a bridging between cartoons and anime each episode is, is very episodic, it's very much contained within itself, which is reminiscent of cartoons, right? And so this, this can bring in the audience because you can start them at any episode. And once you get the fact that when they hit with, get hit with water, they're going to change gender, species, or whatever, once you get that down, then you're set for the episode. And I find that, you know, as you progress into anime, you start with things that are pretty episodic. Like when, when I started, I was watching Sailor Moon, um, I saw Ranma, uh, probably Dragon Ball at some point in my really you know young childhood, um, but you start with the episodic and then you work towards things that have a continuing theme and a continuing series in them. And it takes it takes some time because you're used to you know The Simpsons. Bart stays in grade four and he graduates grade four and starts in grade four again, 
<laughs> right, and that's 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 just how it goes. And so when you when you're starting something with a continuum, you know there is there's a vague continuum in Ranma if you, if you don't think about it too hard, right? There's mm-hmm. there's characters come and go and come and go and they get lost and come back and. I like yoga. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I, as I said, I was just thinking of something where the antagonist or the protagonist just was as close. Like you get to see a, a, like a fairly everyday side. I mean, you don't see some, that's not something you necessarily saw had seen in. Comics I do beforehand. love the antagonists in Ramna because they're not evil. None of them are evil. None of them mm-hmm. are. I mean, that's that's the other side, and it never painted things that black or wh- that black or white. I think she paved the way for a lot of what would what would happen in terms of anime and manga in North America. That's why she. That's why those titles. Well, that's one of the fantastic, fantastic things about anime in general is that the evil characters are usually just misunderstood. And, and also, <laughs> and, and a lot of them usually likable. Yeah, a lot of them likable. Even the ones that are really evil, you can like because they're just drawn that way. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts? Any other thoughts? Well, what I thought what was really groundbreaking for Rama, for me at least, was just okay the nudity in it because like. Coming from this culture, it's like nudity is always sexual, right? Mm-hmm. But in Ranma, it's extremely innocent, just the way it's presented and the meaning behind it, it just all the way through. It took it less from like, it, 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 it yeah, innocent and like and funny, mm-hmm. uh, but it never like got too too over. It never went overboard, really. No, and you'll you'll notice that it's usually Ranma who's 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 really a boy, and he just doesn't understand how to be a girl, which is why he always ends up naked. <laughs> he just doesn't understand, you know. He doesn't know how to close his clothing properly, or, or you know, he he just doesn't care because he's used to not worrying about whether his top half is covered or not. I don't know. That is, but it, you know, um, Akana usually manages to keep her clothing on. It, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I think and Ranma always jokes that's probably the way it should be. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. That, that's mean. She's cute. <laughs> and she'll beat you up if you, think, if you say otherwise, right? Probably. <laughs> no, we'll miss the title. I mean, uh, I, I mean, it makes me want to go back and actually start reading from the beginning somewhere. Uh, Neil soon. has it all. If, if you if you dare go into his, I house. have like the thing is, I I got it from the first editions when when we were going the traditional the tradi- North American traditional. Yes, he has the non flipped versions. I believe. Is I have like the thing is they went flipped for about twenty volumes in the basically half of the series and then a little more than half the series and the rest of the series came out you know in the in the format that we know now. So I have most. I have the one. I have the first edition or first version ones. Do any of you ever have problems when you're switching between um, flipped manga and non-flipped manga, or even comic strips? Like, because I'll be reading non-flipped manga for like a week and a half, and then I'll go to read the Sunday comics, and I'll read punchline first backwards, and then I won't know why I'm not getting the joke. You know, you know, it's a strange part. I, 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 I don't remember. Like, I, it's not weird to me anymore. Mm-hmm. I, totally I've gotten natural. too used to. I've gotten too used to the unflipped, and and. And maybe it's just time. I, I just cannot recall a time when it's it, when it was just too aw- when it was awkward to go back from left to right. So I'm not I'm not certain. Well, it wasn't really awkward. I just get into the habit because I read more um, non-flip manga than I do read comic books or anything else that goes the other way. And so I have the habit now of reading because it's not only just reading backwards, but you're reading differently too because you've got to start at different parts of the page. And it's I mean, I picked mm-hmm. up Tokyo like a few uh, like. Uh, a volume of Mega Tokyo not not too long ago, and I, somehow I knew which way I was supposed to read. So yeah. that, that never became That's an issue. I've been I've, I mean, I've also right? been thumbing through. I also got like some of the um, this the big 
Peanuts collection uh, that you may or may not have heard about. You know, they're yeah. compiling the whole thing into like some huge books. Yep, all I've 50 seen them. years. Yeah, the wasn't big, weird. Well, the well, the thing is, I think that it's just with the Sunday comics because they're so short. They're on one on, on one page. I wouldn't turn to the front of a, you know, the back of a of, of a of a traditional Newspaper. comic book and mm-hmm. read it the wrong way. But with, with the comics strips, because they're just one strip on a page. My oh, eye that? naturally okay. just, you know, goes the wrong way, and then I'll read the, the it backwards, and I'll be like, this isn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I could have one I, thing I, I to just, say on that, but anyway. Okay, I guess it's a, it's a preference, but or just every case is different. It's just that I, I haven't found any weird stigma. I'll, maybe, I'll, maybe, I'll, I'll, I'll get you to do it one only, day. You won't even realize it. Without me realizing yeah, the, it? The only stigma, I think, was my last word the cool last part, week. The remember cool part, my... Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, the Tezuka one, remember? Yeah, I, talked I know about you were mentioning Mount that. Vertical and how in this day and age where everything's unflipped and they flipped both of them and that nice line talking about being it to accommodate us feeble English readers that don't know how to read. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I took it. The way we can go back and listen to it and what I read, but that's the way I took it. Oh, well. well, I think it's more like Tezuka's works are supposed to be, well, they're usually seen as like more intellectually interesting outside of mm-hmm. manga readers I guess like, I think people aren't that dumb if they no. want to read it the other way they can read it the other way it doesn't no, take a genius like to uh, but, but like at the same time like, if, okay maybe it's it's flipped so that like your English professor could read it and not mm-hmm. be confused you know I like to think because someone I, with a I, PhD I, could still but, you know, but, but, but the thing is, is unflipped is really just for people who are fans of manga mm-hmm, and want it in an unadulter- unadulterated format. Mm-hmm. If you're so, if you're, for instance, assigning this to your English class, which I will do when I start teaching. <laughs> <for years. laughs> I'm not sure how your head department person would feel about that, but well, I can do it if I if I if I can get permission to do it, I will. It's 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 you know if I can find good reading. That's I got understand a good where plot, you guys are coming from. I know that, but you might but want you know to, I mean to have it. Just so you know, we got a minute left. Have so, it. Oh, sorry. Have it flip. <laughs> just just. Because that's where your eye naturally goes. This, or if you're working with kids who have um, learning disabilities and they're working on their English, if you're going to tell them to start reading from the back of the book going the wrong way, how like and that's what you use. Comic books are most no. frequently used with those kids too. So like I can understand the need for flipped in, I, in several circumstances. I could understand that in younger kids, but as a person with worked? as a person with well, dyslexia and working with certain people at our age. I'm saying certain thing, but when we're talking younger kids, yes, I'm it is understandable. I'm talking even high school age, and that's not, not even I've, just no, dyslexia, I, because I've worked I, with... I know, there are yeah. other, other things, too. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. If you need to use it in that experience, in that area, yes. But I'm just I thinking still, of different it, examples it, it, where it would it's, be more applicable. I, it, it's a totally different discussion, you know what I mean? Like, I could go on this in many different ways, talking about parents, about kids, about making sure you have the right teachings the right you know what i mean for learning to well, say i'm not just people. talking about in terms of education but really if if a publisher decides they want to flip it you can still read it and understand what it says whether you're reading from the back to the front or the front to the back it's just another yeah. issue nope. of, of feeling like an anime purist or a manga purist because i'm reading from the back of the book and that makes it a manga and it's not an oel and it's not a comic yeah. book because i have to read it from the back no it's I, just I a think, comic book no i know I, I think i made i think book. i made the comment that it was just Great thing, great product. It was just kind of funny just to go to the back of yeah. the book. As you say, look at it and you're like, hmm, this is interesting. I seem to be at the end. Huh. And then you go back to the V and you're like, shoot, I just kind of screwed up the ending. Well, that's what the stop sign's for. 
Well, see, because it's art in a sense with uh, Tezuka, there was no stop sign, so there was no stopping for me. <laughs> wow, what a glowing tribute at the end. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I think they stopped listening like five, ten minutes ago and said these guys are just full of it. But anyway, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you just—it's just the way you end up looking at these things, right? You have a thought? You want to uh, add a thought before we go? No, I'm good. Not nothing. <laughs> okay, uh, we'll take the break. Back to wrap with final insults in a couple seconds. You're listening to the Anime Roundtable on thecomicden.com. Time now for final insults. Um, my only hope for final insults this week is that we have one that doesn't close to the five-minute mark. And considering that Dean isn't here this week, I consider that a very reasonable goal. Uh, so since um, since Angela already called it, uh, you're first, James. <laughs> so I had to give like my thirty-minute oh, monologue now to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, just just before we start, I just want to quickly say it just dawned upon me that we had two girls on the panel and they did well. You oh, are you to? trying to say something there, Rebecca? Right? It's like I'm sorry, I'm thinking HR no, from this morning. That sounds way, a little, you know. And just for reference, nobody's job is ever safe around here except mine. Who has the equipment? Okay, go ahead, James. <laughs> wow. For it to be a job, you'd have to pay us. I know. I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> I spent it all on this uh, on the equipment. <laughs> James, go, 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 go. We we only got a couple minutes. Go. Dead airspace. <laughs> anyway. Um, wow, I'm just blank, but um, actually thinking back to our G4 Tech TV uh, conversation, it's interesting what's going on now with uh, ROD, as we said before, uh, premiering in November and G4 Tech TV for people who have the digital uh, networks and stuff like that, doing the free preview for November and figuring out how that's going to affect them going forward with them premiering that and the shows they already have on and what more they want to add on if they're going to get more people or how many people are just going to say nuts to this and they may become like the U.S. equivalent. It'll be interesting to see what happens that way. But it's happening in the digital universe with other channels. And we've seen it with the sports ones where they have their season and then in the off season they just can't bring people to it because people are like, why am I going to watch these old sporting events when I probably have it taped already? So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It's a part of a larger issue. So, Thanks. Courtney? Okay, I want to tell everyone something about labeling things. They're just words and I don't want you to worry about them. I know I can't really tell you. You know, not to worry whether you're calling it comics or manga or, I don't know, newspaper. It doesn't really matter. But Courtney, it's okay? begun since the beginning Shh, of this, time. This, this is mine. You be oh. quiet, James. I'm just I'm sorry. Okay. I had to say. <laughs> so don't argue about it or don't get embroiled in disputes about it. If you enjoy it, read it. And don't worry about calling it one thing or the other thing. You can call it an OEL. You can call it a manga. You can call it a comic. But as one person who's been converted from being very purist, it doesn't really matter. Get back to me in a year on that, okay? <laughs> Angel? Okay, well, I have a recommendation, and it's a manga that has been, in my opinion anyway, horribly overlooked, and it's from 1976, so real retro, by Aoike Yasuko. It's called From Eroika with Love. And CMX is putting it out, and it used to be about 
I think one volume every two months and it's gone to about two volumes a year just because I don't think it has any fans but me. Prove me wrong, please. And it's a zany shoujo action comedy about a flamboyantly gay British aristocrat who leads a double life as a notorious art thief. And he's pursued by the hilarious, uh, uptight Major Klaus Heinz von dem Eberbach, who despises the Earl but gets thrown into wacky situations with him in spite of himself. And it's one of the only manga that is consistently funny every time I read it. And the artwork is beautiful. And I just think that if more people could give it a try, then that would be great. Thanks. You know what? I'll, let me see that. You have the you have a copy yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that this intrigues does. me. Now, I, I never thought about that before. I didn't even know I was up there. That's intriguing. There's plenty out there. Wow. Okay. I guess it's my turn. Um, I ha- let me come back to the summer. I have to say that over the summer, summer hiatus, I had to resist temptation twice. Those two times were at Anime North in May and see an anime on the Labor Day weekend. The Temptation itself was a thin-packed version of Neon Genesis Evangelion Platinum when I already had the original releases. When the Platinum re-release started out, coming out a little over two years ago, many were skeptical as to how, how well such a thing would sell, even if there were more extras and a digital remastering. An ADV rep I met said that they were selling great at the time. I forgot that this was Eva we were talking about. Eva has a very loyal fan base and enough diehards that would buy anything left, right, and center. And looking back, I really cannot question their dedication, even if it would mean buying the same thing a few times over. That said, I can't wait to see how they'll react when the 10th anniversary edition comes out uh, in a couple months. Or pretty soon. Uh, is it? Isn't it like discontinued? They haven't decided that, Mike? Because I heard it was it's supposed on the back to be burning. this month, and it, it, then they just said... 2012 or whatever, which means it's delayed until whenever they decide they want to bring yeah. it out. Well, we'll see. Uh, but it is... I'm sure they'll buy it. I'm sure they'll buy it. That's my point. But uh-huh. as for myself, in the end, it just wasn't something I could justify because I'm not as much a de- uh, an Eva diehard fan. Besides, what would I, would I do with my original copies? Donate them to a Catholic school? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would enjoy the donation. That's all debatable. And that's it for this week. Uh, We'll be back again next week. In the meantime, if you want to send us an email or look us up in any form, stay tuned. The info is coming up. For all of us here, enjoy your week. Good night and good luck, and join us again for another edition of the Anime Roundtable on thecomicden.com. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to send an email to roundtable at thecomicden.com. Also, please check the show's official home at www.thecomicden.com for show info, past episodes, and directions to the store in Mississauga, Ontario, now celebrating 27 years in business. The Anime Roundtable is a production of Mike Nicholas, copyright 2006.